0: will open your Bibles to Luke chapter, and I'll tell you in just a minute, but you can open to Luke, the book of Luke. Uh, I just wanted to publicly uh, tell everyone that we have really appreciated your prayers for the Brock family this last year. Uh, 2020 has been an interesting year for us to say the least Uh, in january of last year i was diagnosed with cancer and i had that removed in june and then you know in uh, march and april and may my wife was diagnosed with multiple myeloma and then in october we went to the mayo clinic and i want to tell you i really really appreciate your prayers while we were there you'll never know how much it helped for me to know that I had a church family back here praying Amen. and uh, if nothing else that I have learned from this is I need and we all need to pray for one another Amen. more Amen. we really do we really do Uh she's had Two uh, bone marrow biopsies, and each time they could not find any cancer cells. Amen. Amen. And, you know, people will say, well, that's because of the medicines and things they did. No, I, I, I give the Lord credit on that Amen. one. Amen. So I just ask you to continue to pray. Uh, she'll begin her uh, maintenance regimen here in February. Uh, but we're distrusting the Lord and uh, putting our our lives and our hands into him. All right? So thank you very, very much. I was sitting over there just trying to get the vultures to fly in formation this evening. (laughs) Used to be butterflies, but this evening they're vultures. I mean, you know, I, I haven't spoke here, you know, in church service other than graduation, you know, in a while. And uh, it's just, like I said, they're not butterflies. They're vultures this evening. I'm I'm used to being in chapel and, you know, putting on camouflage and coming in with all kind of crazy things to try to grab the attention of the, uh, you know, students and get them to see what I'm trying to bring across. Not going to do that this evening, okay? So... uh, (laughs) Probably would make me a little bit more at ease, but uh, like I said, just uh, bear with me. Luke, Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15. As you look at the book of Luke, it's one of my favorite New Testament books because, of course, the author was Luke. He was a physician, and if you read through the book of Luke, you'll see that the human aspect, the uh, humanness of people and things is is brought out. And uh, it's one that I enjoy reading and, and, you know, teaching from. And uh, this evening we're going to be looking at the parable of the prodigal son. And uh, I like to call it by another name, I like to call it the story of the prodigal sons, and I'll explain that here in a minute. But in chapter 15, as you look, uh, it says there in verse 1, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. So here we have Jesus. He is teaching, and there's uh, publicans. Those are the tax collectors and, and sinners. They came to hear him. But notice in verse number 2, it says, The Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. You see, they judged him for having uh, publicans and sinners come to him and uh, to have you know, a meal with him. You know, Jesus in his wisdom told those Pharisees and scribes two parables. Bible scholars tell us that a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning or a heavenly application. And, you know, Jesus began and told him this parable about, uh, he said, what man of you would have a hundred sheep and one of those sheep would uh, be lost. He said, wouldn't you go after that one sheep to find it? And, you know, bring it back. And so, you know, the parable says he went out, he found it, brought it back, and he came rejoicing. And look at verse number 7 of chapter 15. Here's the heavenly application. And he says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. You see, we got to see that today, at least from our point of view. But if you take Jesus at his word, there's rejoicing in heaven. That young man got saved. Then uh, he gives another parable about the woman that has 10 coins. And she lost one of those coins. And of course, uh, you know, she... uh, Went through a house and then she found it. And she brought, she called her neighbors and told them to come and rejoice because she had found it. Look at chapter 15, verse 10. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. Amen. But then he begins the story of the prodigal sons. You say, sons? Well, if you read this chapter, you'll find out that there were two sons, and one of them left, and one didn't. But both sons didn't have their heart right. So, and and I find it interesting, uh, if you were to read, and we'll read, down through here, you know. Look at verse thirty-two. Uh, you know, it it's a continuation of the story. And you look at chapter sixteen, verse number uh, you know one. Jesus here again gives another uh, parable, and he talked about the rich man who had a steward, and and he was the unjust man, uh, unjust steward. And uh, you know, look at uh, uh, let's see down there at. Uh, Verse number 9, he says, I say unto you, make yourselves friends uh, of mammon of unrighteousness that uh, when you fall they may receive you into everlasting habitation. See, Jesus, he he gave that parable and then he gave the heavenly application. He said, I say unto you. But I think it's really interesting that the Lord didn't say from uh, verse 11 of chapter 15 down to 32, that he didn't give a spiritual application. I thought that's just interesting to me. You see, I think that Jesus and all of his wisdom, him being God, knew this story. I think that this story actually happened. You can disagree with me, and like Pastor Brooks says, we can agree to disagree. But, you know, I just can't help but think that this story that he gives us actually happened. He said a certain man. He didn't want to say, well, it was this fellow and his two sons. But, uh, you know, tonight I just ask if you'll let me read it, give you some observations, and then make some applications to us as believers if you think that it's a parable, you know, and it's keeping in concert with, you know, the uh, lost sinner coming, that's okay. You know, just give me a, you know, an opportunity to do that. But let's read the passage, all right? In chapter 15, verse 11, he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Notice that word living. That word has to do with uh, not an inheritance, but it has to do with what you have to have to live from day to day. And I think it's real interesting that, you know, when the Lord tells us, he says he divided unto them his living. So one son just didn't get his living. Both sons got that living. And I won't get into it, but if he gave him the inheritance, it, it, anyway, you can talk to me later if you want to you know, figure out about that. But look at verse 13. He says, And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous Living. I don't know if something happened between the father and the son or if the son just simply said, you know, Dad, I want what goods pertain that falleth unto me. And the father gave to both of those sons. And then it says a few days later that he left and went into a far country. You see, it's always good to stay close to home. It really is. Because if you get out into the far country that don't know anything, they don't know anything about the Lord, you're going to face problems. You're going to face problems. It says, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and it began to be in one. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields... To feed swine. See, this is a Jewish young man. And he went and, you know, and he joined himself, this man who was taking care of, of swine, of pigs. And uh, he, his job was to feed them. Look at verse number 16. And he would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. I don't know if you've ever been on a farm that they raise pigs. My uncle raised pigs. That's the most smelliest place I have ever seen in my life. And you know, he didn't just take the corn and grind it up and put it in the trough. I won't tell you what he did, but if you're from down south, it's called slopping the hogs. And Tiffany knows what I'm talking about. But anyway... Maybe not. Yeah. Do you, you ever been on a soft fog farm? Okay, anyway. Uh, but, you know, you, you give them the corn, and it, the husk that they're talking about there is what comes, you know, off of the corn. And usually when you give it to pigs, it's not right when it's picked out of the uh, field. It's dried. Could you imagine that he got so hungry that he... It says, He fain would have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. Notice the last part of that verse says, And no man gave unto him. The question pops in my mind, Where are his friends now? Young people and old people as well. The world will use you for what they can get out of you and then they'll discard you. They will. They are only concerned about what they can get and the good time that they can have. And this young fellow, he experienced it. No man gave unto him. Look at verse 17. And when he came to himself, he said, Oh, isn't it great that he said, you know what? I don't need to be right here. I need to go back home. He said, how many hired servants of my father's has bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. See, this young man came to his senses and he said, I need to go back home. And he went back home. Let's keep reading. I'm not going to, I'm going to come back to some of these verses and give you some points. And he arose and came to his father, and when it was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned because against heaven and in thy sight, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Look at verse 25. Remember I said the prodigal sons? Now his elder son, talking about the father, was in the field. His elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come. The fa- thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry. The elder son was angry. It would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And He answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. To so dad, I've been here all along. I've served you. Neither trance thy any time at thy, command, thy commandment. Whatever you said, Dad, I'll, I did it. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come and which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou hast killed, him, killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me. And all that I have is thine. He was the eldest. He had the birthright. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Two sons. One left, one didn't. This elder son didn't have the right attitude. He should have been rejoicing with his dad for his younger brother had come back. Let's look back at verse number 20. Here are my observations. Ah, Yes, before we get going, I was hoping somebody brought some water up because I was about to go dry. You see, there was much love that was shown in this story. Much love was truly felt. You see, his father cared for his son. I can imagine what that father's heartache was at his son's decision. I'm sure he probably tried to convince him. No, son, come on, let's just stay. Think about it. But his heart ached at his son's decision. And I can imagine him watching his son Walk out that door. Walk down the path and walk away from his house. His heart must have ached. And you know, there was a lot of sleepless nights, probably. He woke up and he was thinking about his son. Where is he? What's happened to him? But you see, there was also much love manifested. Look at verse 20. The son comes to his senses, he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You see, compassion is not sympathy or pity. Compassion is love that is put into action. You see that? I can just imagine that father every single day would go to that door. He would look out. Most of the days he wouldn't see his son. But that one day he saw that son walking down that road. Wait, wait a minute. What's that? He kind of looked and it's not a servant. His eyes brightened and he said, That's my son. He saw him. The Bible says there that he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You see, that love was perceived by that son. That son knew that his father loved him. He knew that he loved him. Not only was there much love, there was much forgiveness. Look at verse 21. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, You see, there was much forgiveness because immediately the father began to give instructions to his servants on what to do. You see, the sin was all gone. That father had forgiven his son, that sin was forgotten. It wasn't remembered anymore. All you have to do is look at those, those next few verses. And, and that father didn't say, well, you do this. You know, it, he was glad his, his son was home. Amen. You know, I cannot help but digress a little bit here and think about our sin that's been forgiven. Psalms 103 verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west... So far hath he removed our transgressions from us. The east, this way, the west, that way. As far as they are apart is as far as he's removed our transgressions from us. And you know, there was no filth or rags on that young boy in a little while. But I also think about you and I. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says, Come now and let us to reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Aren't you glad that when the Lord sees us, He doesn't see our old filthy rags? I tell you. Much forgiveness. But you know what? There was full restoration. Look at verse 22. The father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hands and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. You see, the son realized that he was a son, once again. He, he had looked at his dad and said, Dad, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. Just make me a servant. Just make me a servant. And the dad said, No, no. Bring the best. Bring the best robe. The fatted calf. Put a ring on his hand. And shoes on his feet. His sonship was restored. Prayers were answered that day. The son said, I have sinned, but you know, his father showed him mercy. He showed him mercy. How much should we be thankful that the Lord has shown us mercy? But you know, there was also much joy. He said, the father said to the servants, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and put shoes on his feet. You know, that father was joyful at his son being there. I'm sure there was a repeated look. I can imagine that dad just sitting there looking at his son over and over. Yeah, I can't believe it. He's here. He's home. He's, he's back. And, you know, I, I let my mind fly and, and, and think these thoughts, but I think there's repeated, ble, repeated blessings I'm sure he said, bless you, son. I'm so glad you're here. Bless you. He was delighted that his son was back. But you know, there was overflowing comfort as well. The son probably thought for a while and said, you know, I've wasted a lot of things. I've wasted a lot of time. I've wasted money. But you know, it didn't take him long to be comforted because he could see that his dad had forgiven him verse number 24 says for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and then they began to be merry you see there was heartfelt communion uh i'm sure that father you know he says there in in chapter uh 15 verse 20, he said he, you know, had compassion. He ran, ran and fell on his neck and hugged him and kissed him. Uh, there was communion between the son, father and the son before even the family got to be there and even before they, you know, had that fellowship around the table because they said, he said, you know, bring those things. And it says in verse 24, they began to be merry. You see, here's my application this evening. Turn, if you will, to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. It's just one book to the right. John chapter 1. Look at verse number 12. It says, But many as received him, him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. The things I'm going to tell you here in just a minute, I just have four, four things, four scripture verses or four thoughts. It all depends if you're God's child. Amen. Has there ever been a time that, in a place that you have realized that you were lost, that there was not anything that you could do that could save you see i can count how many days on one hand after i was born before my mama had me in church it was three i almost put four up it was about three days and you see i've been in church all the time all my life i mean i, I I went in the morning, I went in the afternoon, I went in the evening, I sang in the choir. I I did all these things. But on May 7th, 1974, I realized that all that I did wasn't worth anything and that I was lost and that I needed a Savior. And I went forward that night and accepted Christ as my Lord Lord and Savior. You need to think this evening. Has there ever been a time that you have done that? You've received him as your Savior. And when you did that, that verse tells us, He gave he, uh, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. But you see, just like that prodigal son went astray, You and I sometimes go astray. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse number 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, with a temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. That prodigal son had a choice to make. He chose to take his goods and leave his family. You see, whenever temptation comes to us, we have a choice as well. Because that verse tells us that the Lord is faithful. He's not going to let you be tempted above that you're able to bear. And He says, well, with the temptation, make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. The problem is, many times, we make the wrong choice and we sin. And our fellowship is broken. If I was to stop right there, it'd be awful dark. But it's not. Turn over to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Look at verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Look at verse 9. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you glad? that when we do stray, when we make those wrong decisions and sin, that the Lord says, my blood will cleanse. And if we confess, it says, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess and say, Lord, I was wrong, And turn from that sin, it says he's faithful and just to forgive us. I'm so happy that he does that. But you know, there's also comfort and assurance. Look at verse uh, 1 of chapter 2. He says, My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate, a lawyer, if you will, with a father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world. You see, we can be comforted and assured to know that if Satan comes to us and, oh, you, you know, you're supposed to be a Christian, we have an advocate, the Lord Jesus Christ, that pleads our case before Him and before uh, the Father. We have an advocate. It's his blood says that he's the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. But see, we can also have that comfort and assurance, but we can also have communion and fellowship. Look at first John chapter one and verse number one. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled. ...of the word of life, for the life was manifest, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard, and declare we unto you, that you may also have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write unto you, that your joy may be full You can have fellowship with the Lord once you've been restored. I'm so glad that we can have, go to these verses and read them and know that uh, we can have our joy to be full. So glad. How about you this evening? Are you one that maybe has not accepted Christ as Savior yet? Or maybe... You might be one that's gone astray and you need to get back in fellowship with the Lord. If you are this evening, take care of it before you leave tonight. Your joy will be full if you do. Let's bow for a word of prayer.